Hello, and welcome to Alive or Just Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Keith McLeod, and with me is my fellow host, Chris Lavender. Today on Alive or Just Blethering, I'll be talking about Death Pop Romance by Raunchy. Hello, Keith, and how are you today? Excuse me, Lav, I'm just having a little drink of my chocolate milk. I've got a little chalky milk here. I'm just having a little a little squiz of my Yazoo. Yazoo? How old are you? 15? 36, crap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, It's been a... Been a busy old week in the lavender household. Can't has hasn't it just? You've had some exams and shit going on, haven't you? I have, and I don't find the results out till next week. So, yeah, doing an exam at, at age thirty where you don't get an instant result—that's weird. That's really yeah, but weird. you're a massive nerd, so let's face it, you've probably smashed them. I wish I shared your optimism. <laughs> well thanks for coming back if you are a returning listener if you're new to the podcast welcome we are going to discuss death pop romance by danish band raunchy it's been a very decisive week for lav and i this is probably our most the the dms have been on fire between me and you about this one and it's it's been turbulent it's been turbulent let's see I mean, I, and again, I'm going to just, I want to preface this to all, to, to you, to you, Keith, and our listeners. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, here we go. I like this album. Oh, do you? Okay, there we go. I like this album. I've concerns. I've other concerns that we will get to, but I like it overall. Well, if you, the listener, also like this album, feel free to join in in the conversation at AOGD Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Lav is uh, is getting stuck into the YouTube again, so watch that space for some more stuffs and contents, or maybe not. I'm getting a dodgy look at the face. Trying, trying. My computer basically wants to take off and go to space when I start rendering an hour long podcast into a video. You're doing great. You're but doing I... great. If you'd like to help us along, by all means, give us a little review on whatever. Five-star review, preferably, please, on whatever platform you're listening on. Recommend us to a friend. Give us a share. Let us know that you're there. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Now that I've sold my soul. Lav, you you like this album. Yes, I do. And I remember listening to it all the way back in 2006. Uh, I think this was one that was uh, through the Trivium Forum, I believe, that was discussed on in previous albums. There was always Perhaps. the back and forth of, of new records that we'd we'd found through our online passages. And uh, this was one that was I picked up and instantly liked. Uh, it sounded like a lot of the bands that I was listening to at the time. It uh, fit right in. It fit right in. How about you? How did you discover Raunchy? Down to, my, down, down to the, the metal band I was in, again, a very influential time in my life with these guys, uh, musically. And in general. And yeah, this was just sort of, they were, they had a much more diverse and, and uh, had way more exposure to sort of the European metal scene that we've sort of touched on before. You know, we've mentioned In Flames. Uh, we, we've, we've touched on it with, with 
Trivium, etc. So, you know, th these guys showed me a lot more European sort of nuclear blast metal bands and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, just, just straight straight out of there, they were, you know, they were like, you know, check out Raunchy. If you like Still Remains, check out Raunchy. And hells to the yeah. I liked this. And I more than liked it. I, yeah, this is, this was my vibe. This was my bag for a very long time. I don't remember it being a bag for a long time. I remember it being a standout album in a in a very short space of time, perhaps in between Chimera and Trivium and still remains this sort of like bubbled in there. I never followed up into any other albums at the time. This was just a standalone, enjoyed, listened to this album. I never went out of my way to find further releases. Again, just for our listeners at home, You've got to put yourself back into 2006. There was no Spotify. There was no Apple Musics, Amazon Musics. You literally, well, in my experience, you discovered music through forums. In Keith's experience, you discovered it through your friends. And unless someone somewhere had told you this album has come out, then, you know, you wouldn't, you'd have to manually, physically get on, get off your ass and go and find it Uh in the in the digital hellscape that was two thousand and eight, <laughs> yeah, very very similar to where we were last week with Norma Jean. You know, these guys were not. There wasn't a lot of raunchy music videos. There's some, but there wasn't raunchy. Were not getting blasted all over your Kerrangs and your scuzzes. You know, they they weren't doing massive tours, etc. Again, we referenced it with with Norma Jean. We don't think we're a full-time band. I don't. Raunchy are not a full-time band. They've not released anything since 2014, which I, I genuinely, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017. I was I was checking these guys out. I was looking online. I was checking Spotify, the Wikipedia, something to say that something was coming. We'll get onto that to see if there is anything coming. But yeah, not a massive band by any stretch. Not a particularly well-known band by any stretch. I've never seen them tour the UK. I, the friends that I referred to that sort of got me into this band, went had to go to Europe to see them. I think there was like a open air something in somewhere, and I definitely remember them. Sort of, they were going for raunchy, if I remember correctly. Wow. But yeah, uh, just a a band I very much got into, and a band I very much stayed with. And if it wasn't for the fact they just haven't released music since twenty fourteen, I suspect the band I would still be listening to. That's impressive. I feel like their music has been replaced in the sort of grand scheme of things by sort of gent, your peripheries, Vela Myers. That feels like a natural sort of evolution, especially when I was listening to uh, the you you advised that I listened to the the 2010 album uh, Discotheque Electric. 2008 Wasteland Discotheque. Oh, the one that came after that then. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 2010, A Discord Electric. A Discord Electric, sorry. When I listened to the first track of that, it gave me some early Periphery periphery 2 vibes. Not not saying that it was similar or anything. Just I just had the same sort of feeling that if this music took a put a seven string on it and slapped a couple of drop beats on it, I think we'd, we'd basically have the makings of of, G of what is now commonly known as Dient or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I could I could probably see these guys being fairly capable and, and comfortable within that sound. 
I don't think they ever did that though to say that they were releasing music up to 2014 I think every raunchy album is a raunchy album there's there's nothing particularly influenced by just before we started recording you know I recommended a track off of an album you said you'd only listen to three songs on and I was just like well go listen to this because the riff is amazing and you were like that's new metal I'm not going to say that's not new metal you saying it I'm like yeah it probably could be a new metal riff but I would say it's way heavier and way more there, there, there's more of a soundscape there than what you maybe get out of your typical new metal track so that's one of the things I do love about this band I think every album is distinctly theirs and they do while there are obviously similarities I think they do progress and they they'll try things or you know you'll there's on a discord electric there's an absolute pop song on it but I love it. Okay. It's called called The Big Truth and it's just all synths and keys and stuff like that and it's it's great. But yeah, I think I think they, they, they progressed within their own within their own remit mm-hmm. and got heavier and what have you and that's something I've sort of always loved about this band. I like that you, you mentioned the synths. I think that is one of their standout sort of elements of of even in Death Pop Romance got the uh the that's a very similar sort of style synth to that of still remains um yeah. very fast fast paced and carries a metal melody with it so it carries the, the song a bit and it doesn't just fade into the distance as like just strings or anything it's actually playing a a, a tune which i really liked in death pop romance because it, it it carries the songs well I really like in in death pop romances the I think it's a really well recorded album overall. Uh, no, I totally agree. I think for the time, actually, if you, if we go back to Still Remains, because there's going to be quite a lot of Still Remains references, I would maybe say of Love and Lunacy has a better production. Going back to mm. death pop romance in 2022 does sound like it's aged a little bit, especially when you do go onto uh, Wasteland Discotheque or a Discord Electric. Like, they sound a lot more on the same line of production. On the same level of production, they they sound a little bit more consistent and they sound a little bit more modern, you know. But both albums are 2008, 2010. Death Pop Romance, not to its discredit, I don't think it sounds bad, but I think they definitely up to their production game a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. Just looking at the, the label mates that they were sharing at the time, is probably another way that I've, I may have may well have found them, as they were on the same label as Caliban. Yep. They were on the same label as Heaven Shall Burn, and they share a label with a band that I would love to bring to the pod one day in the future. Um, much to your dismay, which will be the Faceless. No idea who they are. The Faceless were one of those bands that I I got into a lot and another band that similar to yourself I was regularly checking for for when the next release was going to come there always was some bit of news about them because they were constantly changing members and, and things uh, but yeah and then they shared there was a one that you mentioned earlier that Deadlock they, they were label mates as well they were they were label mates with Deadlock yeah um, on Life Force yeah Life Force they released Wolves by Deadlock sick I'm just having a, a little scoot through the, the pages here. Oh, War From A Harlot's Mouth. There's a band I've not heard from in a long time. Goodness me. 
Excuse you, war from a harlot's mouth. What the fuck? Oh, We'll talk about it soon, don't you worry. There's one I need to add to the spreadsheet. I completely forgot that band existed. Again, another band that maybe was a a flash in the pan from the MySpace days. And they they, they fucking ripped, if I remember rightly. But we'll see what I feel about that nowadays. So you you obviously discovered these through your, your bandmates at the time, who were more into the European metal sound. Were there any... We've touched on a few. Were there any sort of other European bands... That you would, that you would have listened to, that you would compare them to favorably. Yeah, so so funnily enough, I, I as we sometimes tend to do, I was looking at, I was looking at Spotify and, and what else, you know, what fans also listen to. So you mentioned Deadlock. Deadlock were a band that take me right back. I could even maybe do an episode on them. I won't because I actually forgot they existed. But I did, you know, round about this time, I was like writing about European metal along with Caliban. I'm surprised I didn't remember them during the Caliban episode, since they're also a German band. But yeah, Deadlock, Scar Symmetry. The Nemic? Are you familiar with a band called Nemic? None of these these bands make any sense. You don't know Scar Symmetry? It's just not that, that just wasn't my scene. And I think this is where I sort of maybe fell off from Raunchy, possibly, because... By 2006, and you know, we've, we've covered Parkway Drive, I've covered Norma Jean. My tastes were diverging into a different direction at this stage. Well, a very good point that you've sort of brought that up. Thanks for saying. So, we were talking last week about Norma Jean, Oh God, the Aftermath. Yes. Oh God, the Aftermath. And I was less than keen on it. That's because in 2006, I was listening to death pop romance and, you know, melodic metalcore with synthwave and keys and stuff like that going through. I was listening to this stuff. So there's, I would say there's quite a contrast between Oh God, The Aftermath and death pop romance. Do you know what I mean? Did you ever listen to a band called As Blood Runs Black? Don't think so. Because that was sort of the genesis of like... I would call it probably MySpace deathcore, yeah, with you along with your suicide silences and uh, oh, there's just so many like the Elijah. Um, oh, the Elijah! I am familiar. Not, with. not, not the not the Elijah you think you're thinking of. Oh, not not the post-hardcore Elijah. No, um, a band called. I think they were just called Elijah. They weren't called the Elijah, which is Elijah. Um, okay. And then there was a band called uh, See You Next Tuesday. Uh, very much a fast grind death noise cork sort of type thing. The only really band I think I got into that, or the only band that's coming to mind, is I wrestled a bear once. I, oh yes, I was I was sort of into them for for, for a while. I, I ironically only, and and this is what leads me on to we've mentioned them before, Spirit Box. I only really listened to one of the Courtney LaPlante albums. I don't, I don't know where I found it. I don't know how I got onto it. I just thought it was awesome. Didn't think about anything at the time. And then, you know, KMAC from YouTube recommends Spirit Box. And then I checked them out and it's bloody Courtney the Plant. And I'm like, I remember her from I Wrestled a Bear once and boom, Spirit Box, man. But yeah. we talk too much about that band. We do. So there we go. So there's all there's all the, the good things I can say about Raunchy. They were they were very very capable uh, in their instrument. They were very uh, good. I think it's a very well written album, 
uh, one one I would listen to again. Absolutely. I feel, and I obviously kind of know what's coming from the previous week's long conversation about this, but there's a massive butt coming. <laughs> is, a, is that there's a is that fair to say? There's there's a butt the size of the sun coming, but in flames did it better. <laughs> Inf- oh. They're just an in flames. I, I, they're in flames with extra synth. I, I can go back to in flames. I will go back to in flames. I'll go back to reroute to remain. I'll go back to clay man. I'll go back to jester race because it's got all the elements that death pop romance has got. But it was better. And you asked me at one point, like you were shitting on this opinion, which fair enough. It's, it's just my opinion. And like yeah, you it's asked, just, it's like you know, we're only the only thing we have on this podcast is opinion. But you know, fuck your opinion. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying fuck your opinion. Are you were saying fuck my opinion? So fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah please, anyway, please continue. Please continue. So anyway, and you asked for examples, and I just laid out fucking three examples of different European metal bands who are, in my opinion, fuck you with your opinions, but in my opinion, are more individual, more memorable, and importantly more influential than raunchy oh, oh, oh i i don't know how to answer that because i felt through that conversation you it was raunchy's fault they weren't more famous no 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 it, you know you're saying they're more these guys are more influential because you know in flames are more influential from what i can remember you said in flames at the gates and children of bodom right? okay now i don't know much about at the gates Children of Bodom and In Flames are two of the biggest European metal bands to have ever existed, especially in our lifetime. So, you know, it, of course they're great bands, but take out In Flames a little bit, because, yeah, there's 100% similarities. Raunchy and Bodom are two completely different bands. The The example for that was just to so because I, I, I like that, Bodom have got a lot of synth. You put Follow the Reaper on, and it's not going to say it's not. Not going to say it's not. But so that's it was the synth. It was the synth element in there. Very melodic synth carries a lot of melody. Same things that I was saying about Death Pop Romance just however many minutes ago, and In Flames because of the production. It sounds, it sounds like an In Flames album. Can't I can't escape it. Sounds like reroute to remain. It's the 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 tone of the guitars, the the uh, the growls, the the screams, very very similar to Anders. And I feel and I wasn't oh, no. trying to to say it's their fault for not being famous. Obviously, you're not famous because people didn't pick up on it. But my point was that there was since there was so little to differentiate themselves between that, in my opinion, that. A person listening to it, like me, I'm speaking from my experience, didn't stick with them because, well, why would I? I've, I can get, if I want In Flames, I've got In Flames. If I want Boredom, I've got Boredom. If I want Out the Gates, I've got the Gates. You know, if I want, there was, I don't feel like there was anything special or extraordinary in listening to Raunchy that would draw me back to them or that would keep me listening to them at that time and it cuts me deep I'm it sorry. cuts me deep that you feel like that and that for the listeners is there's a trigger word in there 
that started this whole conversation, I said to Lav, I find this band extraordinary. And he went on an absolute rage that they were not extraordinary, that they were the poor man's in flames. I was responding. I'm going to, I just want to give you some context because I didn't say what I was doing while you were, while we were. I assumed you were under some pressure. I assumed you were maybe a little bit stressed because I felt you came at. I was in Al, I was, I was shopping in Aldi. I was doing the most stressful task of my week. (laughs) Totally, man. Who can survive that checkout? Like, honestly, the way, the way that Aldi absolutely just. And I was able to keep that up. I was able to keep replying and throw in some Spotify links. And I, I was on fire. And yeah, it was when I you'd said extraordinary before I got in the car. And I'm like in the car all the way to, I think, the 10 minute drive to Aldi, just fuming at that, <laughs> at that word. And I'm like so, speaking to myself in the car like, he thinks they're extraordinary christ and i'm like and that's when i got the definition of extraordinary outfit and everything oh, yeah you went full like you know fucking rage lord on me uh, okay so if, if i may retort yes you may please do I, I i do not find the vocals similar to anders in the slightest there are similarities and what i said to you at the time was Ronji are from denmark they're a danish band you know denmark and sweden very close together they were originally formed in 1992. Now, the album we're talking about in particular is their third album from 2006. These guys came up at the same time, so there are going to be similarities, and I don't think it's to either band's detriment, but I think Ronchi are very much within their own sound. And, right, they've only... They've, they've still released... One, two, three, four, five, six. They've still released six albums as soon as 2014. I'd argue that by 2014, not that I even necessarily need to argue, but In Flames got soft, right? We can all say that. In Flames, you know, very much dropped necessarily the metal sound, can we say? And did a bit more sort of rockier things. Still would drop a heavy riff or, or whatever now and again. But you listen to Early Still Remains, you listen to Late Still Remains. Quite, quite different. And that's fine. That's that's not a criticism. I actually like some of the later stuff. Definitely prefer some of the more middle stuff, like around... I've forgotten the album now, but... Uh, you know, that, that that's fine. The, I, I don't have a problem with these bands sounding similar. But to say you don't have to listen to Ronji because you can get it from Still Remains or you can get it from At The Gates, I think is an absolute discredit to Ronji. I think they are, within their own right, an extraordinary band. There he is again. There he goes again. Well, you're entitled to your opinion, and we're just going. And to you're to... entitled to your sir. While I take a little <laughs> sip of my chalky milk, and we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this. I and now nah, you're just wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel very strongly. About this. Clearly, clearly, I've hit, I've touched a nerve on on oh, your yeah, use of the word. To your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. And oh, so I was going to come back to the boredom thing. Right, people, more than one band can have keyboards laugh. It's totally fine. They can, like, but what what that band does to ensure that they stand out, it's important for a band to stand out in a crowd. If you don't stand out, you're just part of the noise. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. sure it's sure, also sure, important, sure. it's also very important for bands mm-hmm. to evolve naturally, I feel. If a band goes too far, 
in one of its albums, they can alienate their fan base and lose and not get any new fans in. At the same token, if they just keep making the same album over and over again, they don't make any new fans. They just kind of stick with their existing ones. So there's a there's a very fine balance that, that bands have to make. So where do you think Raunchy sit within that? Do you think they've just stuck to the same thing or...? I, I think in the the limited listening that I had of their other albums, I think they clearly tried to go in a more accessible direction in the following two albums, especially uh, A Discord Electric. I feel that album is a little... It's too poppy for my liking. There's I'm too, so confused as to why you dislike that album so much. It's It's too... It's too happy. It's too... There is is a song on that album, track eight, Big Truth. It's the one I sent to you, you know, with the kid dancing gif. And that's the pop song. That's the one I was referring to. That is a pop song. Hands down, it's a pop song. But, you know, Night Party, Street Emperor... Well, Night Party's a little bit more sort of safe, I would argue. But Blueprints of the Lost Sounds, the one I was trying to get you into before we listened. You know, you said it sounded like Spineshank. I nearly quit the podcast. Like, <laughs> it just you know, sounds it's... like it's. It sounds like really honest. I put this, put that music, put that 2010 out. Was it 2010? Discord Electric came out. Yeah. Put that album ten years before, and it would have been number one. It would have been fighting with your system of a downs and your death tones no. and your spine shanks. It would have been absolutely killing it. Ten years uh, earlier. Oh, oh my word! I disagree heavily. I'm just, that's a good. I'm just a, that's a positive. I'm being no. I disagree I'm, because oh, this is a this is just an argument now. I'm, we'll, I'm we'll, trying to say something nice about it, and you're like just. I don't it think that's a compliment. Oh, they sound they're as good as the uh, System of a Down. Like fucking kill me. Like System of a Down are shit, and no, we all need to admit that. Like <laughs> System of a Down are garbage. Like can we all just finally admit that? Just, just waiting for the, waiting for everyone to admit things. Okay, great. So, okay. Now that everyone's got, now that everyone's moved on from that, now um, that everyone agrees absolutely. with me that, that what they're you actually that they're actually garbage. Like I, I, I never like system of a down. Well, but okay, I'm not saying system. I'm just saying system of a down purely because it's a 2000 album. Toxicity was massive. If you'd put this side by side with it, it would have easily competed with it. To me, they are night and day. Irrespective of my thoughts about okay. System of a Down, you're right. Toxicity was massive. It, you know, just you know, clearly I'm wrong. You know, Toxicity was incredibly popular, sure, but Raunchy's 2010 and Discord Electric and System of a Down's Toxicity are black and white. They are two completely different albums. They are, but Discord Electric would not been out of place. On a new metal playlist, that's 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 what I'm trying to get at. It's it would have it would have fit in with that, but it came out in 2010, and when it came out in 2010, I was not listening to music like this at all. And listening to it today, I'm like, this is garbage. This is pop rock, metal cock jockey stuff that I'm just not into. Look, look at me. Look, look at where I am right now. Look, look, can you can you help the listeners visualize? Where I am right now. What am I doing with myself? What's my body language? You you, you look dead inside. I, I am. I am dead inside. I have melted into my chair. 
I want to bring um, up. Mm-hmm. I, I want to, I want to bring up the the MGK reference that I made. Don't because I'm gonna leave. <laughs> it wasn't, and again, I'm not. I'm not insulting them. I'm trying to make a comparison. Yeah, about Machine about, Gun Kelly. Okay. The most hated man in rock at the moment, Machine I Gun Kelly. Care about him. It's not the point. Point is that he's come out of rap albums, and he's released a pop punk album. He's released uh-huh. a pop punk album to fifteen and sixteen year olds who weren't there when pop punk was a thing twenty years ago. So they're hearing this site, this style of music for the first time. And thinking it's brand new. And then people come out and say, oh, well, it's actually, it's Travis Barker who's on drums. He played in this band. And it's helping people discover the older music. So there's a, there's a gap of only, of, of over at least 20 years between these, these styles. Raunchy have taken a style that was, what if, I think the album I compare it favorably to, is Reroute to Remain, which was 2002. So there's an album that was only four years earlier. And that's where I feel like there's just this lack of differentiation. There's a lack, there's, there's something that they're borrowing over from it that isn't, that's making me go, yeah, I, I can listen to this elsewhere. I've right. got it, I've heard it all before. Right. One, Machine Gun Kelly is a joke he is a shock jock that is out there to make money and sell records we know that because he's just an absolute click clickbait arsehole yep he is and um, two, all two. to him all to him because people are buying his fucking records so it's working people are idiots so it doesn't yeah, mean anything so two raunchy are a pretty low you know, I'd be surprised if anyone actually listens to this episode because who the hell actually knows who Ron Tree are? You know one album from 2006. I can't imagine there's going to be a massive fan base out there for this. So, you know, this this could be the new wooden spoon. But they have just been a consistently great band, in my opinion, producing consistently great music to their own, I think, unique sound. You asked me, again, through our week-long conversation, you know, what is different about them? You've already said yourself, their use of synths and keyboards. It's way more prominent in their music than the lead comparison here, which seems to be in Flames. They're, they're, I would say the drumming is... I mean, it doesn't need to be, doesn't need to be this, this breakdown to this sort of simple, but they're drumming way more different. You know, disco beats, using, like, coming off the hi-hats a lot more. And just a lot more variety and range within there. Personally, again, this this is my you, differentiation. You, you just named other things I don't like. <laughs> but you you might not like them, but it differentiates them from these other bands. If you're saying they're just the same, they've just done what In Flames did, but less not as good. I would say, hundred percent, they'll be influenced by In Flames, but they've done their own thing and they've done it incredibly well. Not necessarily saying they're better than In Flames. Inflames are an incredibly good band, just like Bodom, etc. But it hurts me. It genuinely pains me. We need to get off this conversation because we're just spiraling out of control here. But it pains me that you're just calling them... So he's going to carry the conversation on anyway. <laughs> I'm going to close it. This is this is me coming to a close. It pains me that you just sort of refer to them as like a, 
a poor man's in flames. Did not say poor. Flames. Did... What, what, what was it he said? Tribute act. I think I think somehow that's worse. So let's get back onto death pop romance. <laughs> Out of you, because you've because again you liked death pop romance. I do, apparently, I do. I do like the album. Did I really call System of a Down shit? Yeah, I did because they are. Yeah, uh, yeah you did. <laughs> all all five of our subscribers just unsubscribed. <laughs> oh, I'd also like to pick up on actually something I said because I've recently edited the protest the hero episode and. Maybe if anyone thought I was a little bit harsh on Americans, looks at my watch and it's time for another school shooting. So, you know, I don't think I'm displaced in saying that. So let's continue, shall we? Bringing that up. Yep. Death Pop Romance. What what songs out of the album did you sort of stood out for you? What made you look at your phone and think, shit, that's a riff? Certainly Remembrance. That was the one I think that I heard first. Yep, track five. Uh, that one really, really stands out as there's a memory that must have been the song that i heard first whether it was the song they had on their myspace or the one that someone shared in the forum all those years ago i think it's an absolute jam it's just got all the right ingredients and i feel like a lot of the a lot of the album sort of has this really that that flow to it um this legend is forever the the synth line in it that did it and did it and did and did and fucking love yeah. it love it yeah um maybe phantoms i think that's um probably another kind of one that really stood out as well i can't really think why but it's just it's it's an album that I, I really appreciated and it from a nostalgia point of view it brought back a lot of a lot of memories of of that early 2006 uh, where I was living at the time, and and you know the the the, the situation that I was in it then, mm-hmm. like I said, Chimera was on repeat at that point. I was listening to Nothing Remains pretty much every day. I was listening to a lot of Trivium from two thousand five. Still at this point, this was a few months before the fallout of that. So mm-hmm. it was it was good. It was it was a good time. It was a nice time, and but it was just before things really changed in my tastes as the next few months will will attest yeah that cool and all all great songs really i mean obviously i'm biased incredibly i i, I love the whole album but yeah i think for me everything you've just said but i'll back it up with phantoms track three i think is is incredible that the, the verse just just kicks in through that live the myth track six also of all the songs on this album are just batshit crazy. As as they sort of go on, as they progress, like I'm saying in, in Discord Electric, Big Truth, it's a pop song. They sort of differentiate a little bit more. You know, they have a little bit more style. They sort of bring in a little bit more different aspects of, of music and stuff like that. But one song that forever stood out to me every time I listened to this album was track nine, The Velvet Remains. It's the one with it's one that has like the sort of massive breakdown at the end that leads in. I think another one you mean. I, I can't. Yeah. Re- can't recall it. Not for not. So it, it has the it has the build up. I'm actually listening to it now as as we're talking through it. Just the sort of the riff is coming in and then it just kicks in. It just goes to a straight beat and it's. And it just does just does this run. That then changes into a beatdown. That then changes into like the the verse on the outro. 
that always just got me. Uh, I don't know why. I thought it was just like awesome that the, the song changed into this bit and just went fucking balls out. Yeah, I think that it's, it's it's an album that really it really is well made as 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 far as a, a recording goes. I think it is well recorded. I my problem with with Ronchi, as I was clearly said is is sort of the drums have this poppiness about them uh, more most of later albums that maybe isn't so clear in this album and that's probably why I like this one the most. I feel of yeah. the of the Ronchi albums I did listen to this one felt the heaviest it felt the one with the most purpose and drive in it whereas others felt a little bit more airy fairy in my limited experience good lord okay yeah cool 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 so as as a as a raunchy fan what is your favorite raunchy album I know what isn't my favourite album and it's Wasteland Discotheque. I think Wasteland Discotheque doesn't feel as consistent. It doesn't feel... I listened to it probably for the first time in a long time this week and I enjoy it. I get it. It's not one of those moments where if everything else is a 10, this is a 9. It's 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 lower in, in my estimations there. But I think because they changed vocalists between a discord electric and vices virtues visions their 2014 the last album they did i think the new vocalist an englishman actually by the name i think he's english or he might be canadian by the name of mike Semensky. now he's in a band called intervals you familiar with intervals it sounds like a very generic band name uh when no. i saw in flames they were supported by a band called defects again able capable band very charismatic on stage i could see them becoming you know quite quite up and coming but the band name's shite like oh my mistake he was part of intervals i don't know if he's gone back it just sounds like a very generic word band name i feel i knew them they're still going yeah, Mike was and is now not. It's now just a guy called Aaron Marshall. Are these guys just a studio album? The Shape of Colour 2015, The Way Forward 2017, Circadian 2020. Uh, like... Oh, not intervals. The, I recognise a name of a band with an I-N, but it isn't intervals, I don't think. Anyway... Anyway, so yeah, it's there's there's definitely a change once Mike comes into it, and I think I really like Discord Electric, but something about Vices, Virtues, and Visions is a bit heavier, a bit more. I don't want to say adult, but like a bit more just in your in your face sort of. Ugh. Maybe mm-hmm. they maybe they came back to sort of riffs a little bit there. That's not to discredit the vocalist that is on Death Pop all the way up to Discord Electric, a gentleman by the name of Casper Thompson. I said um, these guys, everyone was named Casper. There's not. There's two Jaspers. So, close enough. Casper Jasper. Okay. I mean, I think I'll always come back to Death Pop Romance because it was just one of those albums that just blew me away. Like, as with a lot of music around about this time, I just hadn't heard anything like it before. I just thought, you know, like, 
like um, protest the hero. I just, just it was just like, holy shit, this is this is just something very unique, very different, very extraordinary. But <laughs> that's not to say it doesn't. There, you know, there's there's songs. There's maybe individual songs on the likes of Discord Electric and Vices, Virtues, and Visions that I perhaps like more. Okay. You know, standalone songs. They kind of maybe get a little bit more proggy as they go on. Yeah. Songs get, songs can... get a little bit longer. They get a bit sort of into it with, with, with sort of themes and sort of melodies going through the songs and stuff like that. So we'll, I'll come on to it with, with the our, our segment in a, in a few moments. Uh, but after listening to uh, Vices, Virtues and whatever the other word Visions. is. V- Vices, Virtues, Visions. Uh, it immediately made me want to listen to Between the Bird and Me. Especially later Between the Bird and Me, because later Between the Bird and Me became a lot more uh, focus, a little bit more focus, I think, on the the synths and the piano work. Um, So it it led me into that quite nicely, and that's um, that. We'll we'll bring that up afterwards, I suppose, because we'll be talking about that in our segment. Indeed. So I was. So I was saying they haven't released anything since 2014, since Mike came on board. I was, I've obviously stopped looking. I've stopped checking because you know there was never any news. I know the guys. Some of them went on to do some side projects. There seems to be quite a few sort of. I think they've gone into more sort of dancier moments or sort of dancier sort of synth pop bands to do that. Uh, but as of the Wikipedia, 17th of June 2021, so almost a year ago, they put up onto their Facebook that they had yep, they'd finished recording drums for their next album. And then the next day they put up another video saying, you know, work in progress, new music is coming. So twenty twenty one, obviously there was a bit of a thing around about twenty twenty one. Don't know if you heard of it. COVID nineteen. Presumably they've been delayed in that respect but yeah i'm sort of i'm kind of hopeful now that we might actually get some new raunchy in the next hopefully next at least i don't know six months a year and you know what after today's conversation and the week we've had listening to it i'll 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 give it a listen i'll give it at least one listen it gets one chance very generous chance very generous of you love that's all it's getting that's 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 the fucking that's the all in all my generosity uh it's they're not a terrible band by any stretch. I think they're a very talented band, and they they clearly have some very capable members in their in the group to make catchy, poppy, and all the types of metal that I hate. <laughs> that I, I think that's it. Like I, that that's clearly where we differentiate. I love that stuff. You know, the disco beats, the synth pop stuff. In and amongst, you know, these guys will go from a little sort of synth key section into like a blast beat into just like a really chunky, great riff. And I like that diversity. I like the range in that music. These Don't get me wrong, maybe another band might do it and I might hate it. I might think they're terrible at it. But whatever raunchy do, I think they do incredibly well. And that's what I've always appreciated about them. Even when they changed vocalists and brought in, brought in Mike. They still had the original clean singer, so it still sounded like raunchy. Because we've said before, if you change a vocalist, it can very much change the dynamic of the band. I think these guys changed vocalists, and 
were better for it in a different way. No, I enjoyed it. Um, that was that was it. was more refreshing than the other two albums in between that uh, between Death Pop Romance and Vices, Virtues, and Visions. Sure. Well, um, I'm hopefully looking forward to you listening to new raunchy if if we ever get it i've never checked out any of the side projects i'll be honest i didn't know they existed so um i might i might go check a few things out but apart from that yeah i really really loved it oh wait hang on one more thing before we before i think we get to our conclusion there was a bit of a theme on death pop romance that we talked about and about yeah because that was a bit weird that i felt it was we yeah, I remember talking about this at the time with, with with my friends, and we just didn't know if it was like a tip of the hat because this this album came out in two thousand five. The sorry, this album this album came out in two thousand six. The band we're referring to released their album in two thousand and five. So, you know, you don't know when things were recorded, but there's the term still remains is referred to on two songs, and another song has the line of love and lunacy. Strange. So, yeah, I, I do. I do wonder what the link is, and I'm wondering: Are we just, you know, is it that phenomena where you're just putting these together, and it was just complete coincidence, or was it because it was recorded at a time when they just heard this? Because I think was this recorded in 2005, and then it yeah, came, potentially. and then it came out in 2006. No, oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. So was this just the just on their mind uh was did they just have the words still remains and the words of love and lunacy in their head uh there's there's certainly there's albums i've listened to where clearly the singer in in that moment has had a, a set of, vo- of of a set of vocabulary that i think you've we've all heard it before where you sort of see bands when they're recording and they like they lock themselves away don't they they don't they don't listen to other music or new music because they don't want to be sort of influenced at the time when they're writing, when they're creating. But the song, The Velvet Remains, has the line at the end of one of the verses, tonight is a night where nothing remains the same, all is still here, the velvet still remains. So when you hear like the line in, in context, it's not referring to still remains the band, it's the velvet still remains, but it does it does stand out. So uh, um, the one that's, that, that sort of thing stands out for me is uh, when we talked about Rubens, race cars, race car backwards, the, the first mm-hmm. song on that on that album, they talk about hell is for heroes, yeah, and and it is directly referencing hell is for heroes and the fact that they have a new album out and it's um, top a top forty smash, no doubt, and, and it's not like a tip of the hat. I don't think. I think it's just a set of vocabulary that they just just so happen to have on their mind at the time. Yeah. In this song, Farewell to Devotion, (laughs) well, (laughs) check this out. As I sense the infinite syntax of your love, only one question still remains. Will you say my name? We burn down heavens, we are all the same. Still remains? Still remains, will you say my name? Heaven shall burn. Burn down heavens. I'm after a bit of a stretch. Don't know. Yeah, I never... I never picked up that before. And then finally, on the first song, Abandon Your Hope, is 
of revenge and conspiracy of love and lunacy the dawn of the dead has arrived over hollywood so the movie dawn of the dead who knows i'm not i'm not, I'm not searching for yeah i'm not i'm not meaning to search for for hidden meanings there i'm just purely pulling out the fact that the you can identify the phrase still remains in two different songs and then the phrase of love and lunacy in a third song and we talked about this at the time sorry the second song abandon your hope we talked about this at the time with, with my sort of friends you know is it a tip of the hat is it like a sort of we see what you guys are doing you know we're doing this there's similarities there hmm. who knows but um yeah just just something to mention since we uh, we've covered of love and lunacy by still remains we have and it was the uh, the, the reason this podcast exists maybe also this band as well to be honest you know because no one's fucking talking about them <laughs> Outside that circle of friends that I'm probably no longer really particularly close with at all, we've not spoken in years, so that'll tell you something. Yeah, you know, no, no one outside of those 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 guys knew this band, and you know, I come back to the the Vale of Maya story where we were at a house party one time. I put Vale of Maya on, I got absolutely ridiculed, and a few years later, you were like Vale of Maya, pretty good. Like same thing. If I'd put on like Still Remains or raunchy at one of those house parties and I got laughed out of the room but to me it's always been really really good music it's been good music fair enough I'm glad you like them I'm glad you like them and I'm glad you enjoy them and I do hope they release something new in 2022 or 2023 to satisfy that itch you've got can't imagine what it's going to say I mean it will sound like raunchy but you're you know will they take influences from Gent will they take influences from I don't know fucking Spirit Box else. or Architects yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah, yeah 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 all these other popular metal bands way. who knows there you go that was Death Pop Romance by Raunchy again if you're gonna google the band make sure you put in band after Raunchy <laughs> been making sure I've been doing that all week yeah yeah it's in my search history so it's fine but thanks for listening I'm gutted to capital G gutted that you sort of felt other bands did it better but hey hey buddy you're entitled to your opinion and that's why we're here yeah at least I didn't shit on it like you shit on everything that I pick but hey ho well here's a tip don't pick System of a Down I will not I will <laughs> not right segment what are we listening to what are you listening to uh, this week I as I've alluded to in our conversation there, after listening to the last or the, the the most recent raunchy album of 2014, I decided to have a listen to the most recent release by Between the Bird and Me, and that was Colours 2. A very, very capable album that I love listening to end to end. There are some utterly amazing moments throughout that album. I think it's only... I want to say seven or eight tracks, but again, it's between the bird and me we're talking about, so there's literally like 10, 15-minute tracks in there. Mm-hmm. But the the track Fix the Error, oh my, every time that comes on, I stop what I'm doing. Actually, oh, it has 12 tracks, that album, doesn't it? Yeah, Sorry, Colors, what, what album's that on? I missed Co- Colours 2. Oh, yeah, okay. I have actually not listened to Colours 2. I would highly recommend to anyone who hasn't, especially if you're in the mood after listening to Raunchy, go give it a listen because I think you'll 
think you'll be in the right frame of mind for it. I mean, if you'd said, I think I have to go listen to that because if you'd said to me, I'm going to go listen to Between the Bird and Me after Protest the Hero, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm with you. Great, Mr. Wright, let's go. But raunchy into Between the Bird and Me, I really got to hear that. It, that was just where, where I was. You'd, you'd suggested their last album and I was like, well, let's go listening to a more recent Between the Bird and Me album because I think since The Parallax, which was the album that came after The Great Misdirect, mm. I feel that they, they went a bit weird. I think the the album's Coma uh, Future... What was it? So The Parallax 1 and 2 and Coma Ecliptic and Automata 1 and 2 I think are a little bit too weird for my tastes on Between the Bird and Me side. But you know what? Going from raunchy into it, it made sense and I was quite... and I quite enjoyed it. Another one which was kindly served to me by my uh, release radar on Spotify. Oh, don't was you a, dare. Was, was, was Wake, uh, the song Damn. Swallow the Light. Bastard. You bastard, that was one of mine. Did, by any chance, did someone share that with you? Yeah, you. You shared Crack Cracks in the Pyre by Conjurer. And so I was listening to your suggested, or your release radar... And that came on next. That's what. That's how I heard it, because you shared your playlist with me. Did I it share the pl- playlist with you? Oh, I thought I just yeah. shared a song with you. No, you... Uh, sorry, you did, but but it played out of your playlist. You've done that to me before, where if you oh. if you share your like release radar, it shares your release radar with me. Oh, I didn't know it did that. Well, my yeah. release radar is fucking tight, so you're welcome. Well, almost, because after Swallow the Light, it went on to some weird Apex Twin shit, and I was like, mm, nope. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> and I'm out. Yeah, fair enough. Yep, yeah, that, that wake band, I am very excited to hear the album of that. Yeah, that's that's sick, that song. Uh, 100% that album's like, oof. You know, it, just I, as I'm looking at myself in the camera, I was just like, oof. Oof, oof, oof is a great oh. example. Oof. It just kept on going. I couldn't keep breathing out any longer. I just ran out of breath. I, go, I was like, oh, you have my attention. Jesus, where is this going? Right Hello, sir. That, yeah. is, that is very likely going to be one of my albums. If, if they can make more songs like that, if their album is an album of that, that's my album of the year. I'm calling it. Are you? Do you know Wake? Are, are you familiar with the band at all? Uh, no, I have not. I've not listened to any of them before. I've never followed them. It just appeared on my release radar so it's a brand new song they've had pre- they've got about three they've got three albums on Spotify right now I'm going to be listening to them this week that's my listening this week uh, basically outside of this um, and yeah that was that was it really I listened to a 2021 Between the Birdie Me album and I discovered Wake nice well okay so you, you took one of mine because I've just listened to a shit ton of Raunchy this week. I've gone through all their albums multiple times. But, so, yeah, you, you originally sent me Cracks in the Pyre by Conjurer. I think we both agreed a bit of a bland song compared to what we've heard previously. This one just didn't quite hit as much. And then, if anything, Swallow the Light by Wake was probably what I wanted to hear. Fair. Fair. You, you know, you know from, yeah. from what I've heard, from what we've heard of Conjurer before. 
But so yeah, I, I checked out Swallow the Light by Wake a few times. But what Cracks in the Pyre reminded me of was a song by Crippled Black Phoenix, Cry of Love. Now, I am not familiar with Crippled Black Phoenix. I've shared this song with a few friends, yourself included. You all seem to know who the band are. So I'm not too familiar with their back catalogue. But for, for some reason, Cry of Love is tremendous. Or I find it tremendous. But I have it on my liked songs. So on Spotify, you like a song, it goes in a playlist, liked songs. There are some absolute bangers in my liked playlist. And it almost makes me sad that I don't listen to the radio as much because I've not added to it as much recently. Yeah, you've got you've got to put you've got to put in to get something out. The more you put in, the the more you get out of Spotify. And I, for reasons we won't go into, uh, started a new account with Spotify, and I've and I've had to build it back up again. So I've gone a few weeks without a release radar, without my Discover Weekly. But the things that I've gone through and listened to, I've been following artists, I've been liking songs again, and it builds up a profile. And I'm funny about these things. I'm I'm, I'm quite funny about online privacy, and I'm, I'm an advocate for <laughs> online privacy and security and things. Not off. But when it comes to music, yeah, I I want it. I want I want them. I feed the algorithm. I want yeah. them to to find new. I want to find new music. I don't want to be advertised to. I don't want people to tell me that ah you 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 bought this for your patio, therefore you must want this next. I don't like that. That's creepy. But yeah. when it's music recommendations, I'm like fucking bring it on, pile them in. So some of the some of the songs I sort of heard again off of my playlist include uh, the After Image Unseen. That was quite a. A scrappy little number. I thought that was pretty cool. You also recommended some new Dance Gavin Dance. So I checked out some of their new songs. That was pretty sweet. Uh, Ease me. Uh, sorry, erase. Oh yeah, very much so. Their, their bass player died recently. That's yes, very sad. Make them suffer. Erase me was came up. I sort of rediscovered a band called Currents. Recognize the name. Very very periphery. Vale Maya monuments. Uh, monuments. Very yeah. monuments, quite sort of new age metalcore, like, but very good. I would, I would maybe suggest their EP, I Let the Devil In, the 2008 EP, I Let the Devil In. Brilliant. Like, very, very, very good. Brilliant. And then their two, 2020 album, The Way It Ends, also great. Well, very good. Um, You know, I just sort of hadn't listened to them in a wee while. Oh, I'm just just having a look through my release radar as it as we're recording on a Friday for a change. It's actually it's updated from from yesterday, so there's a bunch of new stuff on here for me to uh, get my teeth into. There's a there's a song that actually came on, and it's not it's very not me a song. This one sort of stood out, and I was like, holy crap, this 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 is interesting. But I think there's a a split, or or there's there's a an album featuring and it's Cult of Luna and Julie Christmas and it's the song The Wreck of the SS Needle it's 9 minutes 34 seconds long and it's ridiculous I can see you being a Cult of Luna fan no I should be a Cult of Luna fan because everything else I listen to says I should be a Cult of Luna fan I just never really got into them I'm the same I'm the same 
I was in a band with a guy who absolutely just ate Cult of Luna for breakfast, lunch and dinner. What up, Porterfield? How you doing? But yeah, I just never, never really went too, too, too far with those guys. So yeah, just, just, just picked up some absolute belters from my, from my late songs. And it all started with Cry of Love by Crippled Black Phoenix. And apart from that, a couple of podcasts and a shit ton of raunchy. I went to see Top Gun 2, Top Gun Maverick, last night. Yes, 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 yes. How was it? F- fucking great. I, it is exactly what, it, exactly what you expect. It's amazing. There's the only thing in it that's made me sort of interested. Or so the only thing that's in the... Don't get me wrong. I, I will absolutely want to see that film. But the only thing in the trailer that I was like, is this what's is this going to be what's not, uh, or how are they going to take this? Is it just looked like, in the trailer, you just see a flash of it and it's on an over a runway and it just flies up through the camera and it looks like some sort of like test plane or like some sort of stealth plane or something. It's 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 irrelevant. Oh, it's irrelevant. Okay. So it's basically it's, just... it's an it's an intro. That's the intro, basically. He's because oh, he's a uh, test pilot. I take it he's gone. He's a test pilot. That's yeah. that's how that's how the film starts. But spoilers then... for uh, maybe a bit late. Might need to put this in the edit. Spoilers for Top Gun. Spoilers for uh, it, it, it's it's a uh, honestly it is a massive throwback to eighties action. Well, it movies. just looks like it's going to be a a remake of Top Gun. No. It's not a remake of Top Gun. It is. Controversial. Controversial. It, it is a. It is a genuine sequel. There are stakes. There is um, conflict. There are is action. It's the Kenny Loggins. The music. I would strongly recommend anyone who's going to see it to not see. Don't watch Hot Shots. It will ruin it. <laughs> Hot Shots. Don't ever. I mean, Hot Shots is one of the funniest parody films that's ever been made, in my opinion. It's up up there with Blazing Saddles and Tropic Thunder. But there are certain scenes that are played in Top Gun Maverick that made me just laugh for the wrong for no reason because I was thinking of the scene in in Hot Shots. So just be warned. But it's very very good. It's a great throwback to. 80s movies it um, it's well the cinematography is great the story is actually really good I think uh, you know I'm maybe being a it's a bit simplistic there's a part of it I didn't quite like but it's it's good all the same and it's actually sort of a comedy in in many respects there are a lot of one-line how would I put it? Marvel esque one-liners, quips, quips. There was perfect. Yeah, little quips that just Lots make you giggle. The, 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 there was one line that the whole cinema just burst out laughing. And it's not a comedy. It's not meant to be a comedy. It's got some serious moments in it, but it's it's great. Honestly, we're not a film podcast. Go see Top Gun Maverick. You will not regret it. Very much so. Okay, thanks for this. Cheers. I will see it. Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot more coming out. So, Lav, what does that bring us in for... What are you going to bring to us next week? So, we're going to stick with 2006. Um, So, I was... A couple of weeks ago, we talked about Parkway Drive. 
and talk about Norma Jean. And was, I'm familiar with it. I was there. I, I want to cr- try and stay in that sort of of zone of 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 pop, more back to Parkway Drive, I think, and that posy metal sort of sound. And a band that I've seen live on multiple occasions and had an absolute crush on. I want to talk about Misery Signals. And I want to talk about the album Mirrors. You son of a bitch. You talked about Raunchy being a tribute act to 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 In Flames. And you've brought... You want to bring Misery Signals. You've brought Darkest Hour. You know, I'm not going to tar parkway drive with the same brush but like very very similar band like how did i was gonna say haste today how do misery signals and god i'm struggling with names here misery signals and darkest hour differentiate themselves i don't go around calling them extraordinary oh oh you just listen to blood let's Sorry, <laughs> you, sorry, you, you just, you just set that one up for me, and I just fucking took that one. I took that. I took that. Oh one. yeah, that, you was, just, that you, was a cheap shot. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, sure. You, you just admit you listen to bland, boring metal, but cool. Oh. Let's listen to whatever it was you said. Oh fuck, that's insulting. That you never remember what I'm. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to remember too much. Who was it? What is it? Haste the day. <laughs> Misery signals. Misery Mirrors. signals. <laughs> Mirrors. I'm gonna write it down. You'll still text me tomorrow to be like, "What is it that we're listening to again?" Love after you. Well, Keith, would you like to take us home? Thank you, ah, very much. Thanks everyone for listening. We have been alive or just weathering. If you would like to give us a shout out as to why Ronchi are absolutely extraordinary please do so online with at AOGB Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at aogbpodcast at gmail.com. I did it again. I put an at at the front of that. Drop us an email, aogbpodcast at gmail.com. If you would, again, like to express your feelings as to why Ronchi are brilliant and you're welcome for me introducing you to them because you've never heard them before. But hey, next week on a live or just play the ring Lav will be bringing us Mirrors by Misery Signals too right too right and they're not extraordinary they're just good well we'll find out won't we we shall we shall good, good night good night <laughs>